Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Grab your oozies, prime your grenades and lace up your combat boots. It's Mercenary Month on the Fighting on Film Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Fighting on Film. This week we're going to give you a special bonus treat because it's Merc Month and that's what we do. <laughs> and we are watching a absolutely terrible film, SAS Red Notice. Um, we watched it so you don't have to. Yeah. Um... I, I already know there's going to be some exasperated swearing in this, so heads up everybody. This might not be the, the most rigid of the format episode i mean none of them are we're, we're a bit rambling we, we already bit more than we could chew off with make month anyway by doing four because some but someone decided there was going to be five wednesdays in the month this comes from the pen of andy mcnab it does and this is um this is based on one of mcnab's um like best-selling books um and it was adapted into the into the you know it was adapted into the screenplay filmed in bulgaria 35 producers on it and then over here, Sky released it under the Sky Movies banner. I saw it and I thought, oh, okay, okay, Andy McNabb. Let's let's mm. let's see what this is like. Watched it late one night, and was I uh, live tweeted it for the for the pod. you did about a week after I watched. It, I was I was Ugh. shocked. I said, Robbie, you have to watch this awful film that I've just sat. It's nearly two hours long. It's a long was, old film. I was like, why is this so long? Yeah, and. I was like, Robbie, there's so much in this that is so bad that we, we should really cover it for the pod. And um, finally, Robbie got round to watching it and he, he semi-live tweeted it at like five in the morning. Yeah, it was um, like, you know, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. There was parts of it that had me sort of angry. There was parts of it that had me just despondent. There, there, I You know, I felt like. I just felt a bit dejected after watching it. There were parts where I laughed out loud, though. So that was, you know. Oh, yeah, there were, there were bits where I was gobsmacked. I just couldn't believe it. Okay, let's let's dive into it. Let's do the plot. Let's try and keep this to the usual. Yeah, okay, okay. So the basic plot is we follow the black swans into this. At the very beginning of the film, it looks fairly promising. Yeah. One of the black swans, a mercenary sort of like um, uh, private military company contractors is what they're technically known as now, PMCs. And they arrive at this pipeline site mm-hmm. in um, Eastern Europe. They arrive at this Georgian village and the Georgian village is refusing to allow the pipeline through. They want more money. Yeah. Um, and we, we meet Andy Serkis, who plays um, George Clements, uh, who, who later turns out shock horror to be a full, a full SAS colonel. <laughs> yeah. And um, we'll come back to that. Anyway, so he basically meets um, 
Tom Wilkinson uh, and his creepy family yeah. of, of Mercs at this village and says, all right, go and offer them 200 grand to move or let the yeah. pipeline through. Yeah. Or, and then, then Tom Wilkinson really awkwardly pulls out the smallest possible knife and says, and if they, ref- it's meant to be badass, by the way. Yeah. yeah. If they refuse, cut out their tongues and he hands the knife to his daughter, Grace, who is played by Ruby Rose. It's that, that, that was an early sign that this was going to be shit because I was like, that's, that was a really awkward. Yeah. It's like ham, it's ham fisted all the way through. Like now, Tom Wilkinson's a well-respected like English character actor. Like yeah. he's been great in loads of films and TV shows. Like his American accent is better than Ruby Rose's American accent in it. Yeah. She's yeah. Australian. Isn't and she's she? Australian. Yeah. And she, but she's done American TV shows and done an American mm-hmm. accent in those. Yeah. Yeah. But, and Tom Wilkinson just it, it, if you hadn't told me he wasn't American, I wouldn't have known. They go into the village and it all it all goes foobar. Everything goes wrong. This um, is the world's smallest immediate... village. They've got three houses. Um it's it's quite clearly filmed in some farm. Yeah. It's not a village. Oh, but the, you you missed out um, Ruby Rose goes like or Tom Wilkinson says to Ruby Rose, Oh, kill kill all the men or something, and then spread the fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she walks in with a little white flag, and then the the villagers uh, open fire on them. Somehow she she spots one of them before they even like appear. Yeah, she does. Is... She like shouts contact front and starts firing before yeah. they've even fired. Before, no one's even there yet. Yeah, it's, it was bizarre. Um, but yeah, so there's this, and those mechs were terribly grouped up like as they were approaching that village. <laughs> yeah, they really were, yeah. I've, I've never been in the army, but I would know not to like walk along the top edge of a ridge. <laughs> Silhouetting. Next, like yeah. so close to each other. There's like, some awful what? silhouetting going on there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they get into the into the thing and it just becomes this firefight, which isn't a bad firefight. It's quite nicely choreographed. There's, you know, it's it's... If you've watched enough Steven Seagal modern films, then you it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of re- um, shot repeating going on. I think I saw mm. the same guy fire the same burst of AK fire like yeah. three times. I mean, at least it wasn't CGI. Yeah, that'd have been bad. God, that, that, is, bad. that is always cringe when that happens. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there's there's that. Then they, they basically end up killing the whole village um, because they open fire. Yeah. Anyway, so this has all been filmed on someone's phone. Yeah, lo and behold, the mercenary that these expert criminal mercenaries don't realise that the internet exists and the camera phones exist. So someone uploads. Yeah, someone's got a live leak account and just was like, "Oh, there's some bad shit going on in South Georgia." Yes, someone's telegramming it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like my village. This is going on Snapchat. This you know, look yeah. at this. This guy, this lad's got a flamethrower. <laughs> Hashtag killing my village. My uncle's on fire. Oh my god! I've got to, I've got to get this on fucking Instagram fast. Just googling how much will Daily Mail pay for story? Oh yeah, she, if she put that on Twitter, she I would guarantee she would get like a little a comment underneath it going, "Hi, I'm from the Daily Mail, and I'd love to use this video in an article." DM me. We cut to London. Is it London or is or no? We, we go straight into the um, Tomb Raider country house ripoff scene. Yeah, where where we're introduced to the main character, which is. It, um, Tom I called Buckingham? him Tom Buckingham, but I called him on the on Twitter. I called him um, oh, was it like Mister McWax Jacket or something? Barber, yeah, he's barbered jacket. up to the nines, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's like a he's walking got, barber advert. The actor is actually sponsored by them. I know, I know. I, I couldn't believe that someone posted underneath your tweet, and I was like, that makes complete sense. Then that's why they're wearing so much barber. So he's played by Sam Hoogan. They get oh god, it's so cringe when he goes into that country house. So he goes into a country house, which is his nan's house. His nan's died, and he's going there to pick up her engagement ring to give to his girlfriend. Okay, mm. and he meets the butler, and I'm getting massive sort of like um, Tomb Raider one vibes where she's talking when he's talking to the butler, and the, and the butler's got this like genial like, "Hello, sir. Will sir be staying for the weekend?" This this is a reference, but they sh- should have fucking locked him in the fucking refrigerator. <laughs> In the meantime, Andy Serkis pops back up, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's in number 10. So the shit's hit the fan, obviously, because the Black Swan, their war crimes have come out. And it's it's like... Guess who Guess who hired the Black Swans? Guess who hired the Black Swans? Oh, it was the British government. Oh, my God. With well, the SAS as middlemen? That is, that is just... And it's oh my so word. convoluted. Why would they even want to... Oh, it's just like, don't think too hard. You can't. Yeah. But like... 
it's just sort of like okay so now, now we need to go and arrest these people um, but it's off the books and they it's issue like, a red notice they issue a red notice and it's like oh which is inherently on the books so if if you didn't yeah. know a red notice is an interpol thing okay so a, a member nation of interpol has to apply to interpol for a red notice to be put on an individual and right. then once a, a red notice is placed on an individual it's not an arrest warrant it is calling for um because a sovereign nation can arrest anyone within its borders yeah. except um diplomats they put a red notice on and then interpol goes yeah there's a red notice on this guy so any country he goes to you have to pick him up right that's what a red notice is in the film it's kind of like yeah red notice it's a kill notice or something yeah that's what it's poised as because i was like well if that's what you're saying they would have picked him up at the border the prime minister gives Andy Serkis, who is wearing a beret indoors, which is shocking. And it's purely only so you recognise the SAS emblem on on, mm-hmm. on his cat badge. And you think, oh, for, he could have just been film. introduced. Yeah. As, you know, Colonel Clements from the SAS is here to see him, Prime Minister. Like, yeah. The stubble and the beret are completely against army dress regulations. It just wouldn't happen. And he's got this big fat handlebar moustache. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that, that's very 70s. Um, oh, it's weird. They turn up at Tom Wilkinson house. The, the, and they, the mercenaries base. Yes, basically. And they raid the house. Mm. And we get the f- second set piece of the movie, um, which involves him injecting a pregnant woman <laughs> um, with something okay. to knock her out. Yeah. But he he does it in this the the script writer thinks it's really cool. Yeah. He, like oh, I'm with the horticultural society. Like are these primroses? No, how, yeah. How... These your primroses are lovely. He's like your no, primrose, they're pansies. When, <laughs> what are you what are you expecting? You know, oh lovely baby, those proper laying it on thick. And then he fucking like injects her with something, and he, and he goes like when he's putting her down, he goes, they're not primroses, they're tulips, or something <laughs> stupid like that. You know, <laughs> and it's just like. Okay. Uh, he opens up a shirt and reveals uh, a, a pillow and a submachine gun. Yeah, and he goes, I'm, "I've been compromised." Well, yeah, you've just you've just <laughs> assaulted a woman in a garden. You have been compromised. Yeah. yeah. What if she had actually been pregnant? That would have been <laughs> fucked it, wouldn't he? He fucked it, mate, didn't it? <laughs> so then all hell breaks loose. Um, yeah. But hang on, we forgot the point that he says something to her like, "Oh, you can't tell the." the gender or a certain date or yeah you something. can yeah she says she's six months pregnant and then he's like you can get a scan at three months yeah and i but, but some people just like, what if don't... she decided not to find out the some gender of the baby it was bollocks yeah utter bollocks <laughs> but it's poising him as like this at all action hero but it makes him look like a fucking idiot at the same it's time such a bad payoff line anyway really so bad. the sas entry team come in um all and then the oh, yeah with with like mp5s that would look cool maybe 10 years ago yeah um because they got like full chunky stocks and they're quite clearly not the the latest models which they're you know the sas War- would have the latest models they're modern warfare specials aren't they yeah and there's, there's a guy that puts like a couple of um 40 mil um cs gas grenades through their windows and then a, yeah. a chap with a p90 pops up and starts shooting out the window yeah um and the sniper takes him out this me- this is meant to be a soft arrest, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking full front of the salt, like you know. Um, and and Buckingham sort of like gets handed um a Milcor forty mil grenade launcher, which is this big rotary sort of like grenade launcher, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, not the ideal close quarter combat like weapon. Definitely not. No. Um, and he he shoots two people with CS grenades, and then as soon as he gets in the house. It, sh- it shoots taser rounds, which yeah. I'm not entirely sure exist. I know that they've recently developed less lethal 40 mil grenades for the Milcor. Could you not have just don't... been using beanbag rounds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they would have been taser <laughs> rounds. Because <laughs> it just has these like really weird shots of like CGI like things grabbing people. Yeah, it's and like a little like, webbing, like a web thing hits them. Yeah. And it like shocks them. They secure the house. I mean, I've skipped over the the scene where you try where he tries to like break through an iron door. That and I'm thinking, oh, cool, we're going to get like a Call of Duty style slow mo breach scene. It's obvious, mm. like this is the sort of film, this is the sort of level that they're trying to. Yeah, it's made for that audience. Because oh, we need to like we need to gain entry, we need to breach, and instead of just testing if the door will open, 
like any regular person would. They start kicking it inwards when the door obviously opens outwards. Everyone inside has escaped by now. In an SAS film, even altered the first episode of Ultimate Force yeah. has a, a breaching charge entry. It's what they're known for. It's like what everyone thinks of. Everyone thinks SAS, Iranian Embassy, where they blow in the windows. MP5s and, and breaching charges. It's one of those quintessential, like... Th- it's iconography. Yeah, exactly. It's iconography. As a filmmaker, they should have been going, okay, we'll do a breaching charge scene here to show these are the SAS. Exactly. So it's immediately like... Yeah. But no. But they could literally be any special forces, any mm. country, yeah. anywhere in the world. started like sort of describe it it's flat like the movies the scene the setting the sets are flat the 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 costumes are flat there's no flamboyancy to any Mm. of it it's very drab it's a very drab movie it is it is getting back to the plot they enter the building they clear the building find tom wilkinson the the head of the black swans andy serkis comes in uh shoots him there's a little bit of like poignant chat about you know, stuff, and then he just offs him. Um, and then and, uh, Tom Wilkinson was like, two day shoot, I'm fucking gone. That's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. No thanks. Like, Tom Wilkinson yeah. was probably the best thing in this film. Yeah. He's, he's he, dead already. He came um, to check and he walked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're upstairs, clearing the upstairs, looking for Grace. Um, That's Ruby Rose's character, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't find her. They find some other woman that we've never seen before. She definitely <laughs> wasn't on the raid. No. She's got a. She's got a fragmentation grenade or a flashbang or something taped to her hand. I don't know why. Why it's taped to her hand, but it is. She pulls the pin, screams, runs towards them. And instead of like tasering her with one of those fancy taser rounds, he pulls a pistol and shoots her in the face. Exactly. Yeah. And the bomb goes off anyway. And they get thrown, literally thrown like a like a cruise missiles just hit the building out of the window, about 40 foot like horizontally out that window and they fall into an empty fucking swimming pool bed full of full of full of leaves but it'd be fucking concrete and you'd be fucking dead right or at least you'd have a fucking break your hip or something like what the and, fuck? and like his, his best mate's like yeah living the dream oh yeah. i've just oh, fallen out of a building oh. just been blown out of a building oh no like, yeah. yeah they try to have like a bit of fun banter it's like they, they have it's all the sort of the classic like squaddy banter bollocks that you get in these sort of movies you know like it's like oh fuck it we'll miss it for the world so yes the best fucking job ever oh god that, that scene's not as bad as the super cringe scene where he's talking to him after the raid and it's he's talking to his friend who he is apparently known for years it's tom hopper since basic Declan. that's what he says yes it's basic no, How long have we known each other? Well, since basic, wasn't it? We 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 were in the army, then we then we joined the SAS, and and now we're here. Yeah, we're having <laughs> yeah. A, we're living the dream. We possibly um, known each other for twelve years at this point. Yeah, so stupid. So it's like discussing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna propose to um, my beautiful girlfriend at the at the weekend. We're gonna go to Paris, and he's like, Oh my, yeah, you're not really gonna get married, are you? And <laughs> yeah. it's just so cringe. It's like you would never that, have this conversation your with mate. your best friend. That's your mate. Like if he's your yeah. betty mate you'd be like go on mate well done yeah it's like oh, you, if, oh really yeah you're gonna marry yeah. her is she worth it yeah do you love it's her it's that yeah. whole okay. it's, <laughs> like, like, it's that it's that bullshit sort of army men army figures like soldiers don't have any outer sort of outer life out of the army it's awful dialogue is what it is really ham-fisted bollocksy mm. dialogue it's like, no. you're going to leave the regiment. And like, he doesn't have to leave the regiment in order to, leave, to marry someone. Married, like, yeah. come on, like, what is going on? He's like, <laughs> no, I love the regiment. Like, okay, great. It's not the 30s. Um, you don't need written permission anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's like, come yeah, on. It's bizarre. Bollocks. So he, he goes off and sweeps, um, what's her name? Hannah John Kamen, um, who plays oh, yeah, Dr. Actress, Sophie yeah. Hart. She's a, she's a wonderful pediatrician doctor at an unnamed hospital in London. Yep. Um, and they go off to Paris. They get on the the Eurostream, the well known Eurostream, <laughs> the off brand Eurostar. <laughs> Fuck's sake! See every turn, uh, every, every turn, this movie fails. So they get on the train, and at that point onwards, the film is basically under siege too with Steven Seagal. So they're on the train off to off to Paris for a lovely weekend where he's going to propose. Oh, but 
Guess who's also on the train, Robbie? Bam, bam, Ruby Rose bam. is on the train. And she's disguised as a wheelchair-bound woman. Yeah. With long hair. <laughs> but she her face looks like, you know, in you know in Total Recall where Arnie's got that fake head and it <laughs> opens up. She looks a bit like that. You've got this scene of her like pulling off like the face putty. And it just looks like really like John Carpenter-esque. It's yeah, it's like weird. discount Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> yeah. They actually did go on the on the Eurostar in Mission Impossible. They and they, they had enough money to call it the Eurostar as well. <laughs> Not the Eurostream. Yeah. And they got, did you see the Channel Tunnel set they got? Where one tunnel had a Union Jack and one <laughs> tunnel had a French flag. <laughs> And there's a, there's a little there's a little mini tunnel in between the two big tunnels. <laughs> yeah, for the little the little Thomas the Tank Engine fire engines to go into. <laughs> oh, you've you've ruined my alley pick there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so they hijack the train, but they have that quintessential sequence where she walks through the carriage, and then mechs get up either side and start following her down the carriage. That yeah yeah yeah. And it's just oh come on, this is. Like it could have been a cool, you know, it could have been like a cool sequence how they got on and all that shit. But now they're just there. Yeah, all they're these, all these probably train. well-known mechs are just on this one train yeah. going to Paris. You know, it's fun. and then the the rest of them once they've captured the train, I mean, shock horror. They capture the train. They I mean, do. like you're not you're missing nothing. They capture the train. Then everyone that captured the train gets off the train to go and have a quick meeting in the middle tunnel. Yeah, and then they they arrive with their kit on the little fire ambulances. It just reminded me of Mr. Rogers, the little where the um, trolley comes through and does like ding ding, and it goes in the little tunnel. Just remind me of that. <laughs> Expect like, like Mr. Rogers just to turn up at the end of the tunnel. Like, Hi, trolley. Tom Buckingham gets off the train. He's like, "Oh, something, something's going down here. This isn't right." Yeah, yeah. and he he finds that all of the terrorists are having a little conflab in the in the central tunnel. You know, they've met the wag, yeah. they've met the team arriving. It's led by her brother, um, the guy with the flamethrower in the village. Then they blow the door in and fair play to them. It's a really cool sequence. The door blown in because they use about 83 breaching charges on this door <laughs> and it blows, it blows every window on the train out and you get this cool sequence where yeah, all the like, windows like blowing in and stuff. Yeah. And um, an old lady that uh, his girlfriend's talking to. <laughs> One of the dinner ladies out of dinner ladies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I swear to God. Yeah. She's been in so many things. She's in tons. Um, and she's great in it. She's got like this she's little really throwaway good. part where she you know, gets ephemeral artery cut by some flying glass. And she's probably you know, the best dies. character in it because she's the most believable character in the whole fucking that film. That woman's in her late 80s and she brought the performance. She was really good. Yeah. And when she died, I was like, oh, shit. Mm. Like, I thought she was going to get out. Like, that had been a motivation. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a shame because it's like the one character I gave a fuck about. <laughs> she's completely wrong. This is how shit this movie is. Like a character with maybe like two pages of dialogue, like stole by heart. Sadly, she dies. A lot of people are dead on this train now. A lot, yeah. And it's mostly his fault for like blowing all the windows in. Um, <laughs> yeah, like lacerations and yeah. And He's got plot armor. Not everyone else does. Exactly. So the SAS are on the ground now. Quick response. And we get these brilliant shots of um, Sterling Lines, which is the, the SAS's base uh, in in real you know in reality in Hereford, and. It's this weird, this weird sort of like external view of like the base and the airfield. And there's a couple of like Dauphin 2s, which are the helicopters the SAS really do have. Mm. Um, it's like 365 squadrons, like the, the dedicated like SAS um, yeah. air support wing or something. And they are literally the right helicopter. So some detail has been done on the CGI of this. But then we look at the rest of Hereford. Fucking awesome. <laughs> there is like this giant. Um, so like postmodern weird building <laughs> in the middle of an army barracks. It's like so base. odd. And it's like think... the Gher- it's like the gherkin fell over. Yeah, it is purely an establishing shot in order to cut into what is the most modern office the British Army has ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's like the cleanest, whitest, most you know, just stereotypical Got stock photo of modern office. Yeah, yeah, it's it's brightly lit with fluorescence there's glass with like um that frosting on it and there's people typing and we cut to like uh declan tom hopper's character he's like just like sat at a computer like (laughs) this is the sas today like yeah i'm just doing my paperwork (laughs) yeah in who dares wins with lewis collins you're introduced to the sas right 
and it's cool as fuck because it takes you through it takes you through the base to the kill house and it introduces yeah. you to Lewis Collins's character in the coolest possible way. He is like literally training men how to clear a, a room during a hostage situation. Exactly. He's not sat in his fucking office doing his emails. It's like no. Even like I said it before, but even Ultimate Force does a better job at like establishing like army barracks. Oh my god! Like Ultimate Force is probably like an infinitely more realistic portrayal of the SAS at this yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Like from the, just even like down to like the plots that were more believable in that first season, at least. Like it, it's just the like, writing's it, better. The writing's better. Like if you can't outdo Ultimate Force, then you're fucking like this is a bad like that's a mm. bad sign because that's not that's not high cinema at all but at least it fucking knew what it wanted to do it's so bizarre the tone yeah. is so weird and then it from obviously from the point where they hijack the train and the sas are in there it's this weird mashup of pelham one two three yeah and then die hard on a train yeah under siege two yeah i think i actually prefer under siege two yeah to this film i think it's a better film I think it just it's like if you want to be an action movie, be an action movie. If you're trying to be a serious film, be a serious film. You can't have both in this world, in this film. So the the reason they, they hijack the train is because there's a red notice on them and it's this is their get out. They're gonna hold There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The channel tunnel to ransom. Yep. Well, not really, not really the channel tunnel. The hidden pipeline within the channel tunnel, which no one knows about. They're like, oh, shocked. Which they sort of introduce towards the end of the film and they go, yeah, this is what we're really here for because they set up like a drill rig and they drill through the ceiling and you think, yeah, where, what? What's well convoluted. They, they get into this little space and they're like, yeah, here's the hidden pipeline, mm. which is fine yeah. and that's an interesting plot device. Yeah, if they hadn't at the end of the film shown the hidden pipeline, just literally in some fields going into the channel tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just randomly pops up on the French coast, like, just like some random. Where does this pipeline go? So after that bit, there's a botched SAS raid. This is all you mm. need to know because I think we're giving it way too much fucking time. Um, <laughs> so there's a botched SAS raid. It's all sort of down to, it's implied that it's all down to sort of like Buckingham. To sort of, yeah, classically he picks off loads of guys like, yeah, one at a time. He kills them all basically. Like the SAS raid, they kill like two people or three people mm. and they, it's a complete fuck up. Um, and like Noel Coward's character, who we haven't even mentioned, but like yeah, Noel relieved. Clark's character, who's a major, um, yeah. goes in with Circus to talk to. That's it, um, yeah. Grace, yeah, that's pivotal. And scene. she she kills him outright. She sort of like films him admitting that he pays the Black Swans to do dodgy stuff, and then they layer that where um, Tom Hopper's character is working for her. Yeah. And that's another layer on there. And I'm like, well, this is Which is not like, hinted at at all until the second half of the film. Way, way in. You know, it's like he could have let her escape in the the snatch scene at the start, like the, yeah. that scene there. If he'd let Yeah, her that would have been a good suggestion. That would have been like a good sort of like foreshadowing. Set up, yeah. Or if he'd hesitated mm. enough to make you think, oh, did he, did he let mm. her go up on mm. purpose? Like, oh, you know, that at least been some foreshadowing. But there's none. She just looks at the camera and goes something like, oh, you better do this, you know, 
And he's like, this wasn't part of our deal. And she's like, mm. oh, it is now. And he's like, dun, dun, dun. And it's like, well, I don't care. But he's like a sergeant, isn't he? Yeah. And then he's field promoted. Yeah. So <laughs> the SAS major. team on the ground yeah. is led by Noel Clark, who's a major. He gets killed. And then instead of Andy Serkis, who is a full colonel in the SAS, taking command of the operation, Declan becomes the commander on the ground. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's up to you. Like, what, what are you going to do about this? I'm like, yeah, no. I, I always thought, because I thought Circus's character was the only one that was actually thinking smartly or actually had lines that made sense because I thought he was trying to pass the buck because mm. he was responsible for all of it fucking up in the first place. Mm. So he's trying to pass the buck the whole film. So I thought yeah. at least his characterization was, it had a through line. That's fair. I mean, Circus is arguably the, the best actor in the film. Oh, yeah. Without, without and he's doubt. given very little to work with really yeah he's playing like a pantomime villain in some case in some mm. bits it's not his fault you know the, the script is pretty pretty dire it is it's very thin um, so the the script was adapted by lawrence malkin mm. who, according to imdb uh his credits on there seems to have done relatively little he's produced quite a few things like comedies and stuff but he yeah. wrote he adapted this from the book uh, and it was directed by magnus martins He's done TV he's, work. He's done a lot of sort of actiony TV work, mm. like just series, like episodes, individual yeah. episodes of stuff. To round out, I mean, before we can go, we can talk some alley and some stuff. Like least they, fave scenes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think <laughs> they're going to be any. <laughs> so Ruby Rose, then you know, he discovers that they're going to hold the pipeline to ransom or whatever, you know. Oh, her um, escape route. And then, that, and then that's her escape route. They, they, she rides the tunnel with. It's literally steals girlfriend. Yeah, it literally steals the um, the plot from the world is not enough. Whether like they <laughs> yeah. ride inside the pipeline, and yeah. but at least in it, world is not enough. The gas wasn't flowing through. Yeah, in this one, that they just they would, go through a whole yeah. pipe full of like toxic gas. <laughs> they put on little masks, little gas masks, and yeah. get inside, and they Ruby Rose's character drags Doctor Hart, his girlfriend, yeah. through into the tunnel he chases him there's a confrontation between um buckingham and her brother who sacrifices himself which seems completely bizarre because yeah. he's been treated like shit by he's a nobody like he's literally yeah. nobody in the movie yeah doesn't really work i can see what no. trope they were going for but the trope even the trope failed on that one and then she zooms off down down the, the pipeline and the next time we see it the above ground in a vineyard because they're in france Ah. Um, so that's how you know they're in France because they're in the vineyard and she drags yeah, she drags exactly. the girl out and then somehow Buckingham has he wrote it gotten, as well yeah. like how did he get down the pipe because there was only like one rig thing that like moves up that's and down that's not how it works he just he like climbs out and you're like what the fuck did he crawl there like Bishop in fucking Aliens? When you when you write that down when you see that written down on a script it looks cool but when you film it it looks mm. totally wrong yeah, you know, it makes no sense. No, not none. And then they have a fight, Buckingham and uh, Grace. Yeah, have a fight. so he, there's a hostage like, sort of like showdown. Mm. She's like, "I'm gonna run, and you you won't chase me." And he's like, "Why?" And then she stabs his girlfriend in the leg, and he runs over and he's like, "You'll be okay. Don't worry. I'm not gonna leave you." And she's like, "Drop her, <laughs> fucking drop her, Tom, drop her." And, it's completely out of character yeah because it's alluded to at the start of the film because she says oh so you just you just drop you just kill people drop people you don't even think she doesn't even use the word drop mate does she not no at the beginning she's like i don't like how unfeeling you are you you're you know it's it's a whole hired killer trope okay and you're exactly right though but she doesn't say drop at any point it, it's oh, just at the end of the film i thought it, uh, my brain's gone like i thought that's what she said at the start because she said would you shoot me in the situation like this like that and mm. he goes like i think so yeah like you're telling me if it doing if it's doing my job then yeah it's a stupid question a stupid answer it's so out of character mm. that it's jarring and, and in the creepy. movie like this that's something she's a doctor she's portrayed as being this lovely pediatrician she's a kind-hearted woman she's not going to be like drop her it's just like, no. It makes no sense. Like, people like you don't talk like that. She would say something like, no. get her. Go and get yeah. her. She'd be like, don't don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Like, I'm 
I'm a trained nurse. I'll be, I can treat myself. Kill the terrorist, do your job. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So what but I mean. no, but it's so, it was so cringe. It was like, oh, that looked cool when you wrote it, didn't it? That's but for it the trailer, isn't it? That's the trailer, the trailer shot. God, it's so bad. And it, that was just sort of capped the film off for me. Mm. Anyway, he goes and kills Ruby Rose. Um, Stabs in the neck. They have a little chat. Like they somehow both end up in the back of a Range Rover and have a little <laughs> chat about the morality of killing people. Yeah, yeah. And then he just kills her. Which he is, just yeah. stabs her in the neck. Fair and then the movie, that's it. Uh, and that's it. That's your movie. And Oh no, it sorry, had, there's a postscript. Oh, for fuck's sake. It had the audacity to think that you as a viewer would give a, a flying fuck whether he got married. So it has loads of exposition over the top, like a drone sequence going through this like, yeah. clearly like where it's not paris and it's them getting married oh and the hunt is still on for x or x sas member blah blah and you're yeah, like whoever, oh, whoever survived to... it's clearly setting up a sequel like i don't know if andy mcnab has written a sequel novel to this he may I think there's two happened. books in the booking okay. series or at the moment so it hints to a sequel mm-hmm. but how on earth you you would even think people would want a sequel after this i've no idea i said i said on twitter at the time when i watched it i was just blown away really yeah um i i'm you know i like to think on the pod i'm quite fair i think any movie no matter how shit it is can have mm. redeeming qualities so battle of the bulge is a train wreck but it's a lovable train wreck you know there's parts of that film that are redeeming yeah this movie's just it's a complete clusterfuck it doesn't know what it wants to yeah, be it... i'd not in a million years would ever have even thought about watching this film if it wasn't for the pod <laughs> I hate to yeah, say it. I, I thought, okay, I, I knew it was going to be bad going into it, but I didn't think it was going to be quite this bad. If I was no. Andy McNabb, I don't think I would want my name attached to this. And he was apparently the technical advisor on this as well. But the premise of the film, I like. So a hostage situation in the Channel Tunnel is a great idea for a movie. Yeah. Like it is. It's a good... If it was done right, and mm, if it if, wasn't so flat and boring, if like that's the set pieces in the tunnel are for the most part, pretty boring. They are boring. And I think that's one of the problems. Like, I could forgive the shit plot, I could forgive the mediocre acting if the action set pieces were remotely interesting. Mm. They're just, they're really sort of... It's not even the fact that they're bad. They're shot okay. Everything is just yeah, okay. Yeah, competently shot. Yeah. Um, They aren't that hyper sort of slickness of like a John Wick movie, but they no. aren't like terrible... C movie, awful bargain bin. Yeah, exactly. Sort of style stuff. There's clearly budget. Mm. Like there's clearly a button that I think is worse in a way. Yeah, kind of. You like, think, oh, well, this could have been better. Yeah. The only bit I was impressed by, and that's saying something, is when he showed the first piece of genuine like ingenuity throughout the whole hostage situation where he clearly was in a scrape and he wouldn't have got off of the carriage because he had about like six guys in there all, all hammering machine gun fire into this bar he was behind and how a bullet didn't hit him through that wooden bar I'll never know mm-hmm. but he gets a big gas tank from the like the back of the bar and turns it on and, and sets a like a rag on fire and like throws it out as a bomb as a bomb guess what that's stolen from under siege 2 no fucking way. It is. <laughs> no fucking way. There's a very, very similar sort of scene where that, that happens in, in the siege too. Even the most I, original I might be rem- bit. misremembering that, but I'm barely certain. No, even the most original bit of the film, like fucking now you say it's been it's been copied. I mean obviously like, all this shit's been copied before. Yeah, it's full of tropes. But the remarkable thing is like some of the tropes just fall completely flat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you go like the- you don't even go, ah, that's a, tro- a trope. No. Even it's the bit just, where like, uh, no. there's no, there's never any suspense or tension or anything. Like I, no, I know. That's very true. I know everyone was going to fucking lose. I knew the minute Ruby Rose sat on that train, I know she's not going to win. And that's my issue with these sort of films is I know the bad guy won't win. It's like watching um, the Marvel films. You know, Thanos isn't going to win, but it was ri- It's at least written in such a way where it makes you feel like he fucking might do. Yeah. It suspends, you know, exactly. what yeah. you obviously know is going to be happening. Exactly, but this movie doesn't do any of that. No. So I think that brings us to the alley tally. Might be a short one this week. It's time for alley tally on fighting on film. 
So the uh, the milk or grenade launcher at the beginning is pretty cool. Oh, I'll, t- I'll give it that. Okay, I'll give it that. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Although the taser thing is a bit laughable, but yeah, yeah maybe silly. It's not out of the realms of possibility. Um, it is. It is nice. As I think we talked about it before we started the pod. It's nice to see guys getting hit with gas grenades just through kinetic energy. And yeah, the, down. the kinetic knockdowns are pretty funny. That's pretty that, good in that sequence. That's cool. Yeah, if anyone's played like Call of Duty or Battlefield games, you, mm-hmm. you can do that in it, and it's, it looks good. P90s? Don't see those in a lot of films at the moment. No, no, that was P90s. quite nice. There's, there's, a, there's a P90 in the Hapsburg house scene where he's hanging out the window, and it's just the stock P90. And then there's a guy in the um, tunnel with an Elkan. Yeah, uh, he, he's the guy that has no lines, but they've clearly ADR'd it. <laughs> like all the all the other henchmen just have ADR'd lines, so they'd have to pay them like more. It's, fuck it, it's just anyway. Uh, all the handguns are 1911s, which is very boring. unlikely. Bit um, boring as well. Well, it's because John Wick's kind of made them popular again. Yeah, well, you uh, could have given like Ruby Rose could have had a big revolver. That would have been laughably awful. Like if that's she had, usually yes. what you. That's usually what you give the the bad guy, though, isn't it? Yeah, she didn't have a hero weapon. No, that's give true. like a cult python or something. That you know? would have been absolutely stupid. <laughs> Any merc going into an operation would not pick <laughs> an artillery Luger. Python. <laughs> no, not so. <laughs> they wouldn't pick a 1911 either. No, they pick a Glock. These have a or, fucking Glock. Or another exactly. Frame yeah. pistol. You know, they just it's anyway. The one cool thing that you'd never ever seen in a lot of like moderate budgeted films is uh, a Croatian VHS bullpup, which is the gun he ha- he takes off the first guy and then. I wonder what that door. was. Yeah, I knew you'd know. Yeah. It's cool. Um, they're, they're kind of like one of the more obscure bullpups, but the Croatian mm. army uses them. I don't think um, it makes sense, though, from where they are in the world with the army. Yeah, I, yeah I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, there was in, when the, I think it was like five or six minutes in when that firefight happens, one of the um, the boiler suit clad villagers has a PPSH. And oh, that, does he? Okay. Yeah, that's cool. He has a PPSH. Holding you can it, see how um, that would be realistic. Yeah. Holding it by the drum mag. It's pretty cool. Nice. He gets, he gets shot, but it's nice to see it. Because they have a, mm. they have an interesting array of weapons, but you don't get a real good look at them. No, for for a movie like this, you don't really get a lot of close looks at any of the weapons. Really, no, it's almost like that the guns aren't important. You know, like in John Wick, now they've they've made it like the weapons sort of like a feature of the movie. Weapon foo or something they call it. Gun yeah, foo. yeah, yeah, and gun, yeah, gun foo isn't it or something like that. And then, but they they sort of like fetishize the the guns. It's a, it's a feature of those kind of movies, and I mm. I was quite surprised that they didn't attempt to do anything especially since ruby rose was in john wick 2 yeah of course yeah yeah and admittedly like i don't i don't i don't think ruby rose is the best actress i don't think she's the no. worst right she's just not my cup of tea um because i think she's, she's very bit, wooden i mean everyone in track. this is, is pretty wooden yeah it's not her fault she's probably the script is probably quite poor but mm. her her scenes when she's shooting and things she's good at it i'm gonna give her a juice you know she's actually decently trained with firearms you know but yeah as you say like there's nothing of real merit is there that's the whole issue problem even the sas aren't over the top badasses like you'd expect that you know they no. they go in and they totally fucking botch their their right yeah like three of them get down don't they mm. but i don't think they're even armed with the proper articles of what they should have anyway yeah that's the weird thing about it. like the sas come off in this film as being it's, i think the sas tag on it is literally just to get the the kudos of, of the SAS. You know, yeah. it, it, that's a selling point. Well, it's McNabb's, it is. isn't it? McNabb's, McNabb's book, you know. Maybe mm. in the book, they're way more important. You know, Maybe in the book, they look way more competent. They probably are. It's just um, it's yeah. just a weird thing to have a an SAS squad in your film and then them to, them to not do very well. That just no. is jarring because you never really see it in films. So what's your alley pick? Probably that PPSH. Quite like this triumph bike. Yeah, I'll give him that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, in his in his double O barber. <laughs> okay, and the alley is like all those fucking barber jackets he clearly is in <laughs> throughout the whole film. I think there's. He only possibly... takes it off at the end. Yeah, he takes it off when he. He's, I think he got shot or something. He got shot yeah. at and he took it off. There's a shot right, and I'll just quickly mention it. And we can move on, but he he's walking through like a wooded area and it's got like bits of mildew like coming over the screen. Mm. It looks like really fancy. And he's just walking around with his hands in his pockets. Like it's a barber advert. And he like turns casually like towards a tree and like, it's got the barber sort of that sort of ring pull that all the barber jackets have. And you can see it like for a, 
it's like it's almost as if like I'm gonna be in your movie, but I need like a subtle product placement for my yeah. my ambassadorship that I have. It's cringe. But no, I mean, like, <laughs> apart from that, I, I couldn't really pick any alley out. Like I like the the mercenaries were comically sort of they were like if you gave me like a budget of like a hundred quid, I could probably look make them look the same. I guess. Like they could have had something that made them look menacing. Like yeah, a, they could have all had like black swan high biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's a missed opportunity, I think, personally. Maybe. So, what's your favourite scene, Rob? Crikey. What's your least favourite scene? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it have to probably be the the absurdity of them riding a gas pipe all the way to France, yeah. and then being perfectly him, fine. How did he get in the gas pipe? He, I think he must have just looked. He looked down, didn't he? And he sort of was like, "Oh, they must have gone down there." Yeah, but like, was there a second trolley thing? If so, why yeah. did? The brother go he didn't mention the fact that the entire channel tunnel gets completely destroyed. Oh, it fucking does. It gets absolutely mullered. Yeah, blows the whole thing up. That's yeah. that's you know no wonder uh, Eurostar <laughs> didn't want to be associated. <laughs> Hello, um, Eurostar head offices. I'm shooting a film. Um, can I use your name and your branding, please? Oh, what happens we'll... in the film? Yeah, oh, it blows up. Oh no, 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 no. We, we couldn't. We couldn't possibly let you use our name for that. No, sorry. We kill nearly <laughs> half your customers. <laughs> Because you notice the interior of this of the scene of the train is nothing in it. It just looks barren. Like it's mm. like so odd. No, um, but no favorite scenes. I think it would just be the the absurdity of them going down that fucking gas. My pipe. favorite scene is the scene where they realize that he might be SAS, and she goes, "There is a player in the battle space." <laughs> I was waiting to see you'd mention it first. <laughs> that, that is the fucking like worst. Absolutely incredibly cringeworthy it's just and even though when they know his name they keep going the player do you know where the player is have you seen the player oh, i'm like i feel like that's clearly geared towards the market the film's aimed at you know like yeah. um, that loves that those kind of games did you see the articles like linking him with you know being a future bond and he said i don't want to jinx no. it i was like no sit back down double obama you want there's no chance no, Chance. they've got a sea of better actors before they get to him. So my final thoughts is is a bit sort of obviously you. I mean, if you haven't, if you can't tell, fair listeners, we don't like the film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I always think that I said earlier, I always think films can have. Films can be bad and they can have redeeming features. Films can, you know, every every film has a right to fair criticism and all that. Every film, obviously, has got a right to fair criticism. You know, and this movie isn't, we're not going like, oh, it's a zero star, don't watch it. You know, there's a time and a place. But there's just things this movie just doesn't get right that it's just weird that it doesn't get right. So the casting for me is my biggest hang up you've got your main man and I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Like I had to look him up. And then even then I had to look him up. Cause I was like, you've, n- you've not been in anything that I've ever seen. Even in Outlander. I'm like, you know, Andy Serkis, I was shocked. Sort of. I was like, well, what are you in it for? It's Tom Wilkinson. Brilliant. Like he should have been in it more. If he'd have been on the train, if he'd have been with grace, sort of like, if he'd have been behind the scenes, yeah, yeah. like, cause it was sort of poised that he was going to be like mentoring her through it. If this was like him passing the baton, that I'm your really overbearing mercenary father. I want you to show me that you can do a hostage situation like this. Then I'll pass over the family PMC company to you. If it was, if that had been the plot, at least the characters would have had something driving them. Everyone's forgettable. And I think that's half the problem. It's very, it's a very flat film in, in terms of mise-en-scene. Um, Definitely. The way that it's choreographed, the action, the, acting it's just yeah it's just very flat and that's something yeah and no, there's no nothing is standout like it's sort of basic action movie soundtrack it's, it's basic action movie scenes 
everything's been done and been done better. Like, if you want to watch this movie, just watch Taking Pelham 123, the 1970s version. Watch that. Watch Die Hard 2. Watch Sudden Death. We mentioned them all before. Like, But if you want to watch this movie, you can watch loads of different versions of it. They're way better. Very true. And I think that's, I think that's half the problem. And it's sort of, I know, like, obviously the, the cinema industry's changed and the way we're consuming films is different now. But if this is going to be the quality of movies going forward on streaming platforms, then please can oh, the I really hope back. not. That would be, that would be awful. Mm. It's just a very, very weird film. You know, but if you, if you, if you could have mates around at the moment, it's the sort of, it's the perfect film just to put on a trash. So to round out, Matt has, um, Matt's going to read out some, um, some comments that we found online. Talking about so, film. on Twitter, um, Sky ran an, uh, an advert for the film, and these were some of the replies. It's truly awful. One out of ten on IMDb. How does this even happen with such a great cast? What a disappointing film. Two hours of my life I won't get back, ever. <laughs> Watched it last night. Plot was good enough, but lame acting spoiled it. Four out of ten. Ooh. What a dribble. Story doesn't make sense. Overuse of drone footage. Acting is wooden at best. Dialogue is terrible. Editing is below standard of most of YouTubers. Stunt work is poor. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Promised a lot. Didn't deliver. Zero out of ten. Here's another one. Binned it after 15 minutes. Utter garbage. Bad plot. Bad acting. Bad action sequences. Bet Andy McNabb regrets putting his name to this. That guy didn't even get to the actual plot. Because it takes about 40 minutes to get there. (laughs) It was the worst film you will ever see. No wait. The worst ever. Ooh absolutely atrocious oh my god these are these are savage gold watched it last night it wasn't that good and there's definitely a, a sequel to this after the way it ended sad face well there you go folks i think the, the great british public said what we what we've tried to say probably about 40 minutes <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's two and two hours three minutes long it's outrageously long and it is so badly sort of paced it's just yeah Anyway, so we watched it so you didn't have to, guys. And thank you for putting up with us while we sort of meandered our way through the, yeah. the the very lacking plot of the movie and probably swore too much in just utter shock of how bad this film is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at Fighting on Film and leave a uh, like or a comment or a uh, review on Apple Podcasts, as Robbie always says. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us this week. It's a bit, of a bit of a rambly one. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.